you, my friend, are listening to the Happy Hearthstone. This episode is brought to you, as always, by listeners just like you. Thank you so much, Roger A., Samurai Flea, Nate Dog, Ridiculous Hat, James W., Forrest B., Electric Mick, Clay HS, Matthew D., and Clay C., for supporting the show. You can join this great family and get some great perks and investment into yourself over at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. And be sure to join our discord. It's a great place to connect with other like-minded players. Go to the happy slash discord today. Hello and welcome to episode 165 of the Happy Hearthstone, the longest running Hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards. I'm your host, Andrew Brown, and I'm so thankful to be back with a good friend of mine. You know, it's fun to do a little solo episode and I'll have those weaving in week in and week out, but it always feels good. It feels like returning home, honestly, even if it's with a friend that I've just known in the Twitter sphere and I'm finally getting to know as IRL as you can through a podcast. Anyway, I'm joined by my good friend, Randy. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. Uh, just uh, got home not so long ago, so just relaxing and hanging out. Yeah, you were telling me you've had a full day of work, and the way you want to cap off that day is by talking about Hearthstone uh, through a positive lens. Are you, Do you have the positive lens ready? My positive goggles are on. <laughs> okay, I can't ask for much more than that. Well, man, I'm so I'm so thankful to have you on here. It's a it's an exciting time as Rise of Shadows is kind of starting to really take its shape. In fact, we had the Hearthstone World Championship this past weekend, and we'll talk about that throughout the show. But I finally feel like we're in an era where we can start to. Uh, start to understand what it is. It's not just the joyful glee of, oh my gosh, there's all these new cars, but we kind of know what it looks like. How, how has it felt so far for you within this expansion? Um, I actually think it feels um, a lot more fair. The game just seems um, like you're, you're doing so many more reasonable things. Um, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that about Hearthstone now. I, that the... I feel like a main cause that was a Death Knights and Psychic Scream for me, but um, it just feels so refreshing to play now where, uh, yeah, it just feels fair, you know? Yeah, I, I Psychic Scream, it's funny you mentioned that. I feel like it's kind of flown under everyone's radar, but like now that it's gone, I am I have been breathing sighs of relief when I'm playing against <laughs> Priest. It's like, oh, they can't just remove literally everything on the board whenever they want right? for seven mana. Oh. It's kind of nice. Yeah. I, I love that that card's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. Well, hey, I, I would love for you to take some time to introduce yourself to our listeners. I'm sure some people have seen you, others haven't. So tell us about who you are, a little bit about your background in gaming, how you got into Hearthstone, the whole kit and caboodle, man. I'm here for the story. Yeah, so my name's Randy. Uh, I got into Hearthstone around uh, Nox Ramos, uh, but I just played pretty casually. Uh, until probably two thousands, uh, whenever Angoro came out, um, that's when okay. I, I really started to really dig deep in it. And around that time, I was like rank like eight or so, and then I stumbled across Burn Mage, and that deck just took me from like rank eight, rank seven, to all the way to Legend. And then I just kind of wow. uh, took off from there and. Uh, I learned a lot about the game that, like, when the first month I got into Legend, um, a lot of stuff just clicked when I kept playing Bird Mage against other decks. And uh, 
yeah. So then I've been uh, pretty decently ranked um, since. Uh, this month I hit, uh, I think, 560-some uh, before Easter hit, and then my life got crazy. <laughs> and, and, and that's in the legend ranks, just yes, to clarify. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so the legend... This isn't some new beginner rank that like they came out with that no one knows about or anything like that. It's got those extra uh, Microsoft Paint pictures uh, way down there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then I think right now I'm hovering around like 2,000-some, uh, just from getting the game in here and there on like lunch breaks and stuff, so... I, I, I want to hear, how did you get to Legend this month? What what deck was it that took you? Was it a new creation, or did you get there before the, the expansion hit? Uh, so I first started, um, I thought Secret Paladin was going to be really good. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it flopped, and I was like, why? This should be good on paper. Um, but then I you know started to pick up on the trend of like Bomb Hunter, so I'm like, okay, I'll play a little bit of this. And that took me from like five to two and then i rode the um rogue train to uh to uh, legend so that train doesn't stop from what i understand yeah that's that's a uh that is a caboose mm-hmm. <laughs> i need to spend some more time with it i'm pretty well convinced but nice was it oh i i do have to because there are tons of different variants of the tempo rogue lackey rogue stuff going around were you running Myra's? Were you running um, Double Waggle Pick? Were you running uh, High Spare and Tog Waggle is the other big one, I guess. Yeah, so I was running both um, High Spare and Tog Waggle and uh, Myra's. Um, okay. I eventually cut Myra's um, just because I felt like I'd, I'd play it and then like I'd draw two cards from it. Like, oh, there's Lethal. I just needed to wait two more turns. Uh, mm-hmm. So it never seemed that game-defining. Um, mm-hmm. and it was more of like a speed up the game by two turns and you were probably going to lose the board in two turns, but you know, you got those two eviscerates and right. the damage is already there. So, uh, I cut that and the, uh, Togwoggle ended up winning me actually quite a few games. It's kind of crazy how, um, the value it generates from that and the body, um, can just make so much of a, an impact when it doesn't seem that. Um, it doesn't seem like it fits the rest rest of the deck, but it really does. Sure, sure. Which uh, which treasure did you find yourself picking most of the time? I actually found myself picking the wand or the monkey most of the time. So it was either okay. either like um, I'd be in some kind of like value game and like turn my whole hand into legendaries, or uh, against warrior I'd pick the wand and just get a bunch of free stuff and uh, just kind of overwhelm them once I baited out some removal. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I'll, I'll be interested to pick up a list or two from you because I think I, I've I've reached about as far as I can for now <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the bomb warriors. I need to I need to go back and kind of figure out what these lackeys are all about. Um, now now I know you also stream and stuff, so tell us a little bit about that as well. Uh, yeah, so I stream on uh, usually Mondays, Tuesdays, and if I get home on a reasonable time, Sundays, um, Fridays, and Saturdays as well. Um, if I have that free sometimes i don't um but yeah i just uh like to be kind of an informative streamer so like uh, mm-hmm. uh kind of explain the plays i'm making um try to be entertaining as well um, 
But yeah, it's more more of like a, a chill, relaxed vibe. I'm trying to explain what I do. I'm trying to figure out what's uh, the best thing to do um, for like even running decks or uh, the meta. Um, I I like to go back and watch the games I lose and mm-hmm. try to figure out like turning points of like, oh, we could have done this different. And, uh, so that kind of a vibe I like to frame my streams around to be informative. Kind yeah. Of. That, that's great. I mean, you're you're obviously in a uh, in a lot of really good routines as far as how to learn from your own gameplay and stuff. And it sounds like you're really passing that on to anyone who uh, who tunes in as well. Yeah, that's great. Well, I love that, man. Well, I'm so thankful we finally got to hang out on the show, and uh, especially right after the World Champs. There's a lot going on in the world of Hearthstone. But before we get too far into that, I have to ask you, Randy, first, why you're happy today. Um, I'm happy because Endgame was lit, dab. <laughs> oh, boy. I haven't seen it yet, oh. and I know a lot of listeners haven't yet, so oh, no I, spoiling. I loved but... it. I loved it. It was good. Okay. I can't I, I All I've seen, people have been good tweeting so far from what I've seen, and all I've seen was that it was incredible. I saw someone say that if uh, if who you saw it with didn't cry, they're not a real human. So <laughs> I'm... Uh, I don't know if I'm prepared or not. I think my wife and I are going to try and see it in the next week or two. Though. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I yeah. it, it takes every bit of me to be like, you know, I might have cried. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it was definitely like I just found myself like, oh, what the what, what is this in my face? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, so Endgame was good. What else is going on? Um, I'm excited for summer right around the corner. Um. Got some uh, fun things planned for summer, some uh, outdoor concerts. Um, oh, nice. Look, looking forward to what just part- uh, walking around playing Pokemon Go, you know? <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it is the perfect season for that, too. What, yeah. what part of the country are you in? Uh, I'm currently in Nebraska, so like Midwest. So. Okay. Oh, dude, it can, it can get pretty hot during the summer there. You yeah. better have a pool around or something. Yeah, I hear the... I actually just moved here, so it's like the, the humidity okay. is, uh, I hear, a killer, so... <sighs> yeah, I, Pokemon Go. As long as you've got some AC buildings close by, you know you don't want, you don't want to go uh, breezing through the cornfields or anything yeah, like no. that. Yeah, no matter what's out there. Well, that's good, man. Well, I'm happy. Um, in the actually, normally I'm talking about stuff outside of Hearthstone, but I had quite a few things in the game of Hearthstone to be happy about. So good. just uh, just yesterday, I hit rank one finally, mm-hmm. and not rank one legend, but rank one uh, just prior <laughs> to legend. Um, I got there with bombs. I was, uh, you know, uh, Wicked Good is sort of my uh, my training partner, as it were. Mm. He's like, uh, he's the, we go to the gym together, hypothetically speaking, <laughs> in the Hearthstone world, and we're pushing each other to do one more rep, essentially. <laughs> um, and I, I was really hitting a wall with Bomb Hunter. He was like, dude, bombs are working for me in, uh, uh, in Warrior. So I went back to it, hit rank one, um... Just today, I was. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw I was hitting fifty-fifty. Uh, like I would literally win one and then lose one, and win one, lose one about twelve more times or something Oof. like that. Finally, went down to rank two, and I was just I was in not not in a good headspace. So I'm not sure if I'll make the final push because uh, the the month's end is right around the corner. But um, but I'm happy to hit rank one because at least I'll start at the rank floor at five and then have a have a much better climb from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also really excited because I finally got to do the very first deep dive for the patrons who are part of the Inner Fire. 
I've been talking about this a while, and I'll let you know more about what that is during the sponsor break because it was really fun, and I'm so thankful for everyone who's a part of that group who came out for it. I'll tell you a little bit about what we talked about. But uh, that's me teasing parts of the show ahead of time. But we've got stuff right now to talk about with our news section. One thing uh, Randy actually reminded me about as we were jumping into this is that we are in a new season of Masters Qualifiers. So I told you guys that I tried out uh, that Masters Qualifier a while ago. I kind of uh, got a bug, and I don't think I'm ashamed to say that. <laughs> I just started like signing, because I realized I can just play a couple of games and see how it goes, and then uh, you know meet some people, have some fun, hopefully it's a good time. And, and honestly, get some Rise of Shadows packs, too. That's the that's the worst thing that can happen? Okay, that's good. So um, so I've actually been playing in quite a few. I haven't done great, um, but I have won some games. I actually beat a guy who was like, uh, there's sometimes when you queue up against someone on one of those, you never know who you're going to get matched up against. True. Uh, this guy was ranked 13, and I was like, pfft. Okay, I got this. You know, all bragalicious. We queue into the game, and he has a golden card back. Ooh. This means, if you are not aware, that he has placed in a high-level Hearthstone professional competition. And I'm like... I, I immediately uh, messaged Steve. I was like, Steve, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. <laughs> I look him up on Twitter. He's sure enough. He's a professional player. He beat my face in and uh, he just is normally on the EU server. So he was uh... ranked 13 because he, you know, he doesn't care on NA. So yeah, don't catch your chicks before they hatch. But the next, <laughs> the next round, I actually match up against a guy who is currently like 136 on the legend ladder. And I ended up squeaking out a win against him, uh, like two and one. So that felt good. So, like, there's a, you know, you learn something regardless of if you uh, if you lose like crazy, if you beat somebody who's a formidable opponent, better than you, whatever it might be. So, um, so I've been having fun with that, but that's not the news. That was maybe that was an extension of why I'm happy today. I don't know. <laughs> um, but on on the note with Masters qualifiers, this branch of Masters qualifiers has ended. Uh, you've, I'm sure if you've been in touch with that, people have been working to qualify for the Las Vegas competition. They're going to do one of these uh, qualify, or I, I don't even know what they technically call those. I guess it's the Masters Tour. That's what it's called, looking at it. So that will take place June 14th through 16th in Las Vegas, and they'll do one more for each other region. So the one in August will take place in Seoul, South Korea, and then the one in uh, later on in the year will be in Europe uh, in a place yet to be determined. But they've closed up the Masters qualifiers for the Vegas tournament. So in the months of May and June, they will open it up again, getting ready for that Seoul-South Korea competition. So uh, if, if you keep your pulse on any of that stuff, uh, there you go, letting you know. They do open up Masters qualifiers to anyone who's within NA, uh, Asia, or EU-specific regions. So uh, just because you're not in the Asia region doesn't mean you can't participate in the sole qualifying ones it does mean that if you qualify and you want to compete in that master's tour gonna have to pony up a pretty penny to get <laughs> over there but um but if you really want if you are uh just craving the competition then that's uh, that's what's for you um randy why don't you tell us about the world championships because that's really the big news everyone's talking about um tell us about this uh, just a little a little hint, because I, I know we want to save the, the real meat of this conversation for the main topic, but what happened as far as like the uh, the winner and everything for this? Uh, well, Hunter Ace, uh, no, to very few people's surprise, uh, won the whole thing, 
Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was faced up against Viper for the finals. Um, and it was honestly a very close match overall. And yeah. game five was a clown fiesta. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was fantastic to watch. It's just like the whole, like, that's probably the most like edge of my seat for a, a card game. I've been in oh, a yeah. while. Card game match, you know? Yeah. I, like like you said, we'll we'll break this down a little bit uh, a little bit later, but it really was exciting. I mean, you know, now he's uh, he's running the or joining the ranks essentially of like Firebat and Oskaka, um, Tom six zero two two nine, Pavel. I mean, these are like you know premier players who who got to that level. So and and Hunter Ace especially, no one will argue that the dude has performed insanely well over the past year. So. Mm-hmm. Um, very well deserved, not just because he played this series well, but because he has been working his tail off to truly be the best of the best. So, um, so really, really excited for him. Thankful for him. Who did you pick for your, uh, choose your champion, Randy? Uh, I picked just saying, uh, I had faith. Oh, it's a great choice. He went pretty far. So he did. I, uh, I chose bunny hopper. So I'll, uh, I think maybe I got one more pack, but, Mm. uh, and, and he made it to the quarters. So really close there, but or did he make it to quarters? Yeah, I think he did. I think, I think it was so. him and Viper, and then Viper took it on to the finals. There, that so. sounds or right. semis, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. We will talk about Game 5 because it was just uh, too insane to not talk about. And then the last piece of news that we have here is actually about BlizzCon. So BlizzCon has been announced um, I hate to say that there were kind of rumors, but people were just sort of wondering, like with all the changes that have been happening behind Blizzard, uh, is there going to be a, a BlizzCon this year was a, uh, a legitimate question. And so they, they just announced it this past week that it is coming back November 1st and 2nd at the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California. As always, they kind of have to do it there. I mean, they don't have to, but <laughs> it's it's close enough to Blizz HQ. Uh, ticket sales are going to take place on May 4th and May 8th. Ticket prices have increased a little bit by 30 bucks, so you are going to be ponying up, but... Um, coming from a guy who's been there, I will tell you it is an irreplaceable experience. If you have always wanted to uh, take the pilgrimage to our mecca of BlizzCon, uh, there, there's, I mean, a 30 buck price increase is really, you know, it, it, it's about the experience. So I would encourage you, if you've wanted to make it happen, if the stars can align, if you can save, I mean, especially now, like it's, uh, it's, it's May. So you've got, what is that? Six months? Yeah, it's half a year, so put a little bit aside each month to get yourself ready. You are going to have to do those uh, do those uh, sale dates, though, of May 4th and May 8th. They are doing it differently this year, actually. In the past, you've had to just uh, hit the F5 button as fast as you can, <laughs> hopefully to get in and purchase. Uh, this year, you'll actually go into a virtual waiting room, you, which you can enter 30 minutes ahead of time, and then ticket sales are going to be randomly assigned to people who are in there. So... Just like with any change in our world, unfortunately, people are always upset about one thing or another. But it's uh, I, I think it's kind of nice and a little bit more fair to everybody who's trying to make this happen. Uh, it does mean that you might not have a chance, even if you show up, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I, I think that if you find the right avenues of people who are, you know, who purchase and then figure out they can't go or something like that, you can usually find somebody who's willing to um, willing to sell it uh, at asking price or something like that. So 
Um, yeah, they did announce some some more stuff, but I'll just kind of keep it that simple. Actually, there was one other thing that was really cool we were talking about right before we started recording. This BlizzCon is actually going to mark 25 years for the Warcraft universe, which is insane to think about. I, I um, you know, this is a franchise that's been around in my lifetime, and I remember playing Warcraft, Orcs versus Humans, or Humans versus Orcs. Shows you just how much I remember. I can't remember the tagline. <laughs> it was one of the two. Um, but I remember playing that with my dad. It was hugely foundational for my for my life as a gamer. And actually, they're not going to do the typical uh, BlizzCon package that they do of like a goodie from each franchise. Instead, you're going to get one commemorative statue, and you get to choose as you purchase your ticket whether it's an Orc or a Human. And these are really well done. Uh, this is like like one of the best kind of um they, they just have really good people behind their figurines and stuff like that so this should be a really cool uh commemorative thing to really mark this year especially for people who go to blizzcon every year this is something that's notably different from what you typically get which i think is pretty cool um yeah that's everything about blizzcon you have everything any, anything you want to add there randy no no i think the the statue's a pretty neat idea honestly yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that they're doing something uh, to commemorate the year. I mean, a quarter century, there, there are not a ton of franchises that have had that kind of longevity. No. And uh, I, I, don't think, uh, I don't think World of Warcraft is going to be the end of uh, Warcraft's influence on our, on, our, uh, on our world. So we'll see how that, uh, that comes across. There haven't been any announcements about the virtual ticket either, but I can only assume. I mean, that's kind of the lowest hanging fruit, honestly, for them when it comes to doing something like this. So uh, I, I, I think we'll see that soon. Okay, so that's all the news that we've got for this week. Uh, let's take a sponsor break and talk about the Patreon because I do want to talk about these deep dives. Some of you may have heard me say that and say, hey, what is that all about? Well, I've started up this new group in uh, the Patreon called The Inner Fire. And The Inner Fire is a place for people of all walks and uh, backgrounds and histories and current realities in the in the world of Hearthstone. What it is, though, it's a, it's a group of dedicated people who are really committed to getting better at the game. And one of the things that I'm doing is uh, is daily like tips, tricks, deck lists, and, and things to help you on the ladder. But these deep dives are a really core experience to what I was excited to bring to the Inner Fire. And uh, what they are is once a month right now, I'm bringing a topic that is foundational and helpful for... Uh, for for getting to higher heights on the ladder. So what we talked about this past month was actually how to even approach the ladder. So I took a broad look at the different ranks all the way from 50 through legend. Uh, what does it take during those diff different brackets? How should you view going into it? What are the best uh, strategies that you can use to level up quickly? And how can you frame your progression as, you know, all of us, whether you've hit it or not, want to hit legend? Uh, whether that's attainable for us or we haven't quite hit it yet, uh, how do you get there? It is a journey. It's not something you can do in a day or an hour quickly. Otherwise, it honestly wouldn't be an achievement. So, <laughs> uh, so I was really excited to do this first deep dive. And for people who are part of the Inner Fire, uh, they have the replay available. And if you're interested in checking that out, want to see those deep dives, you can join us also. You go over to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. And at $10 a month, you can join that community. It's an exclusive Discord community also where we're uh, daily encouraging one another, building each other up, and helping one another achieve our hearthstone goals. It's a really special group of people, and I'm excited for the future in that. There are also goals on the Patreon when we hurt, hit certain thresholds. 
we'll actually double that up and I'll start doing two deep dives a month. So uh, you can really get your value as, as things start to stack up there. So for sure, go check it out. There are levels for everyone. Uh, so go go see it at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone and uh, join what we're doing. And, and honestly, it's an investment in yourself in helping to get better at this game. So uh, go check it out and let's talk. Speaking of let's talk, Randy, let's talk. <laughs> We've got kind of a cornucopia of different things that you brought on the show. Uh, each of these I'm excited to talk about, and I'm they're in different ways, but there's not one that's more I'm more excited about than the other. So uh, why don't you take us into this, man, and tell me kind of what you were thinking going into our uh, our discussion here today. Yeah, so there's kind of like three things on my mind. Uh, the first of which is Mech Hunter. Um, I've been loving this deck, and I don't know why I like this deck so much. It's it's very strange in that it like statistically like loses everything. <laughs> like by statist not everything, but like everything that's popular. But mm-hmm. you never feel like you're really behind or um, e- even. You always feel like you're in a decent spot. Like, oh, if I draw this, I'm going to, you know, I can come back on the board. Or if I draw my Venomizer, I can put that on a bomb and trade it into that mountain giant and deal two mm-hmm. damage to his face. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been a, a, a deck that um, it, it feels like it feels like it should be a Paladin deck, but it's in Hunter. And it's odd and i love it (laughs) yeah that's a really interesting way to put it um you know i remember very vividly when uh when wiki good and i were reviewing war gear specifically five mana five five with magnetic Mm -hmm. that this is like blessing of kings it's just one step up yeah and it can just be a minion if you want so i i'm pretty sure we gave it a five because it's like how does this not just get played all the time and it's interesting to me that this is really the first time we're seeing magnetic be a thing and i i think that's in no small part due to the rotation and all you know like you said at the top Mm -hmm. all the really powerful stuff kind of leaving um i'm curious though why do you think that hunter has become the home for mechs and magnetism Uh, because paladin does have quite a bit of that uh warrior does too if i'm yeah warrior does have it Mm -hmm. too um, why why do you think Hunter is the class that's really seeing this identity right now? Um, I think they just have the the best tools um, available at the moment for the quote unquote like uh, this tempo mech style. Um, mm-hmm. The the first being fireworks tech, so mm-hmm. you can play all these death rattle minions that are also mechs like Spider Bomb, um, and then you can pair that with nine lives. So it's like Death Row Hunter all over again, but mech themed, but more tempo than combo ish. Um, and it, you also kind of just get free face damage for playing cards, like mm-hmm. uh, you, like the Explodinator. You get two Goblin Bombs with it. Like I put a four mana dude, and I'm almost guaranteed four damage for playing four mana. Like you just kind of it, it, it's a weird combo of that guarantee yet death rattles and boom master flark mm-hmm. is and on top of that like when you use the magnetic on the bombs like that they don't want to hit it's like you're giving your your minion charge 
you know? <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's, it's literally just like, you don't want to hit this, and you're probably going to leave it there, and mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a magnetic magnetic on it and give my minion charge. It's it's I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually uh, went up against a mech hunter today, and they just steamrolled me. I, I was playing warrior, which is one of the best matchups for mech hunter. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't seem to matter what kind of warrior it is, but they just started magnetizing on top of you know I like I couldn't keep up with how much stuff they were creating because you've got stuff like explodinator to go wide or uh, replicating menace to go wide also. Uh, But then you start stacking on top of any one minion, and unless you have a single target removal that's ready immediately, uh, it just starts doing so much damage. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think that part of it also is like the missile launcher venomizer combo is just absolutely bonkers, right? Yeah, it's so Um, oppressive. I I was playing Mech Hunter for a while. I think I made it to rank uh, it was either three or two, and then I just hit a hard wall and couldn't figure it out. But I remember playing against a Cadgar uh, or Conjurer's Mage, and they had an entire board wide, and I, you know, Grave Horrors and Mountain Giants aplenty. They Ooh. were very happy, and I, sure enough, I top decked the one card that would save me, which was uh, which was the missile launcher. I had Venomizer in hand, and okay, I guess I just win this matchup because of that, you know? So, like, that kind of a board clear, I don't... I mean, it's a it's a twisting nether that's even better because I'm getting, what, a 6-6 um, a six, six on top of that that deals one damage to my opponent and to me? I mean, it's just insane, right? <laughs> yeah, it's... The, the fact that you can pair those two and then the, the poison works with it is just bonkers. You know, it's it's so crazy that there's a you can get a two mana combo that is a repeat board clear mm-hmm. i mean yeah i mean there's answers to it like silence but like no one's running silence right now right it's, yeah it is a very silenceless meta and especially that uh that conjurer's mage build it's like um yeah, they, they don't have something other than Conjurer's Calling, really, yeah. to take care of things. And they don't want to do that with, with a six-mana guy yeah, on there. Yeah, you get two six-sixes. And... I want to ask you about some of the tech cards I've seen in some of these lists and see... Because um, you you mentioned you've played this, this list a lot, right? Yeah. So whether you've played with these cards or not, what do you think of their inclusion in here? Um, I'll start with Defender of Argus. I've started seeing uh, every now and then. Um, I think it's okay... Um, it's kind of another way to get your bombs, um, relevant. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it's also more of a defensive option against the rogues, which is kind of like your worst matchup as tempo rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like the, the side of that coin of like why you run it. Um, and it's, it's not a bad card overall. Um, you know, it, put two taunts in the way, make them run into your stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it, it keeps damage off your face. Um, but it, it, I think it's hard to say that that's single-handedly going to win you in the matchup. Um, yeah. I think you have to like get a bomb, slap a war gear on it, and then put the Defender of Argus on it. So it's kind of like a multi-step thing to make yeah. it um, real beefy. You know? <laughs> yeah, and that that's asking a lot out of you to get up there. I get. I guess with Ziliax being the only taunt in most of these. This can get you a little bit more, but it's like um, it's it's just a question of like, is it enough? And I, yeah, I don't know. It, it could be what saves you every now and then. But I think I'd, I'd usually rather have something I, you know, a mech I can magnetize or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
What about uh, Unleash the Hounds has actually been making its way into some of these lists as well, basically for removal. Yeah, um, decent card. I believe I only run one of it because um, I don't see it being. Uh, I don't. I don't really like it that often as your removal tool. Uh, mm-hmm. It feels kind of clunky most of the time, um, but I feel like more situations. I've actually seen it as um, kind of like a setup for lethal. So it's like they went wide. Okay. I'll play my my one ones, and then I'll have like two um, bomb tosses, and then like a hero power or Leroy mm. to to end it. Is how I usually end up using that card. Um, but it, it also is good for removal as well. Okay, cool. I. And and then these are really more controlly cards. I'll kind of lump them together. Mechanical Whelp and Oblivatron is, is really the new one that's kind of... I, I think right out the gates, Oblivatron was seeing a ton of play, and I've kind of seen it falling out of favor a little bit more. Do you think that's a that's a right choice? Is it because it's not powerful enough? The meta's not asking for it? What do you think? Uh, honestly, I have to look up what Oblivatron is real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's it's the new legendary. It's a six mana three four and its death rattle is uh I believe Oh uh, yeah 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 to pull a, a mech with death rattle from your hand and trigger its death rattle, something like that. Yeah, I think that card combos really well with um safeguard. Um Oh okay. But I I don't terribly um like having to go um so uh, expensive in this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's more um, tempo and then um, get your bomb damage in. Is how I like to play this deck. Um, okay. But I guess there's also you could try and do the minion route. If you could stick a Zilliax on the the Mech Dragon, like the seven mm-hmm. seven version of it, that's a huge swing. Um, mm. But I'm not sure how consistent you can get that. Yeah, it's it's really tough. I mean, it's it's fun when we're living in this meta that's unsolved because especially lists like this, you can really justify a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mentioned it in the episode last week that, like, Token Druid is probably the one that has really uh, settled into a, you know, a 30-card deck list. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these other ones, you know, some people are saying, you know, you need to play Leroy. Others are saying... Uh, you know, make make space for the mechanical whelps instead. And a lot of it is dependent on kind of what you're seeing as you go. So I think there's a lot of flexibility. You probably should be running Mecharoo in this list. You probably should be running Zilliax, I think. Yeah, I mean, um, he just goes but, on every uh, list. <laughs> he, he really does. But, uh, but yeah, it's a really cool deck. And I'm thankful that magnetization is seeing some play because it was one of those keywords that it was like, you know, the first week or two of Boomsday Project, everyone wanted to play it. And then it was kind of like, ah, that doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I didn't want that keyword to fall by the wayside. So even though um, even though I had the game today versus Mech Hunter, where I just, I lost so hard because they just magnetize everything. I'm glad that it's at least having its day now. Yeah, it's nice to see um, the stuff we wanted to see being seen now. Um, mm-hmm. it, it felt like it just got overshadowed by so many other expansions like Angoro and uh, Frozen Throne that yeah we just didn't see any of this stuff. So it's good. It's yeah. refreshing, you know, to finally see these cards. Yeah. And and you know another card we didn't mention is Ursatron, which was brand new to this. Uh, oh yeah, um, to Rise that. of Shadows, and that card has been a huge help also. So. 
I, I wonder if this list would exist without it, but I, the fact that it's there, I mean, mm. that is a that is an absolute core card because just replacing itself with another mech is just massive. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is an interesting question. Like, would this deck really be that good without it? Huh. I, I well, and especially when there's, I don't think there's any other card draw in these lists, is there? Um, tracking's kind of card draw. Okay, yeah, a lot of them do run tracking and. I thought there was something else I saw, but yeah, I mean, Ursatron is the only hard, hard card draw for sure. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what a soft card draw would look like. I guess tracking (laughs) is kind of soft card draw, but anyway, yeah, Mech Hunter is a really cool list, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you've been having some success with it and maybe maybe I'm not quite done with it yet, but we'll (laughs) see. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So then the next thing I want to talk about, um, we'll actually jump to Tempo Rogue because just to keep it in order of we're talking about decks um sure. temple rogue makes me angry <laughs> oh boy here we go no, tell me kidding. about it man. just kidding uh, the, it, the the psychiatrist is in is in right now so t- tell me tell me what your woes <laughs> are with this temple rogue. oh man it's just um i mean it's just so good you know like um i i mean i got early legend with it so i can't be too mad with the deck i was gonna say you really you really can't it's <laughs> so like i kind of owe this deck a little bit of things but mm-hmm. um it i'm it, the fact that you can just like drop edwin van cleef so early with this like i guess you can with so many rogue decks but like sure it's like you you prep and then you're gonna use uh rating party and then you're gonna backstab my dude I played, and then <laughs> you're gonna coin, and then Edwin Van Cleve. I'm just like, this has happened to me too many times already, and yeah. we're only like yeah. three weeks in. And mm-hmm. The consistency of this deck is also what um, is a tiny bit frustrating, because uh, mm. this was a thing with. Um, uh, what was that? Uh, Kingsbane Rogue. Um, I felt mm. when Raiding Party came out, Kingsbane Ro- Kingsbane Rogue uh, almost just ge- became too consistent because mm. you could either just draw it off the, uh, you know, initially drawing it, or you could tutor it out with the the three ones, or you could get it off Raiding Party, and you just were almost never without your weapon. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a line of in Hearthstone where things can't be too consistent. Sure. And I feel like this deck is that. Is like this is really consistent. You like almost always have waggle pick on four. Um and that's kind of my gripe with the deck at the moment. Is that it's just so consistent in what it does and it just beats you down. It, it's crazy to me that the tools that you're using in this deck have been around. I mean, most of them are classic cards. Yeah, a lot of them are. Like, Evil Miscreant is insane, right? Yes, I mean, get, getting two lackeys is very good in a uh, in a class that really can take advantage of one cost whatever's, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but practically everything in this list, I mean, I guess... 
I guess without Raiding Party, it would be interesting to see where this list was at. Because, like, the reason you've got Dread Corsairs and South Sea Deck Hands, I think, is because Raiding Party is just so good and so consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and Captain Greenskin see him play. I I think back in the day, I, drew, I opened, like, three golden copies of him or something. Oh, my gosh. So I'm, I'm glad he's seeing play, because I held on to one of those golden copies. But... <laughs> um, and, and, you know, there, there's been talk about Myra's being really good, although, you know, what you mentioned at the top, and I've heard from a lot of people, too, is that the deck a lot of times has enough in its uh, in its kitty that it really doesn't need to draw too heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, it is not uncommon that I see people play three of the same evil miscreant. Yeah. And just have so much tempo built by all of those little tokens that can do a lot of damage. Out of nowhere, mm-hmm. um, it just kind of becomes insane. So yeah, I agree with you. It's the, it's the consistency, and I think raiding party is the link that makes that the problem. Yeah. Another note on evil miscreant. Um, is it mis- miscreant? Miscreant? Oh, whatever. We know the card. Um, it's a great tool to evolve um, with the evolving lackey because oh, the, yeah, the, totally. the four yeah. drops tend to be pretty good. So on top of it just being a solid card and a one five body and card advantage, it's mm-hmm. also it pairs super well with all of the lackeys. Yeah, even if it gets plus one attack and rush and it can attack something immediately, mm-hmm. it's usually pretty good. I mean, all that health it can trade really well. Yeah, and um, the other thing I meant to say earlier is that it's weird to me because I totally agree. Edwin Van Cleef is so so good, and yet. He just all of a sudden magically became good when Rise of Shadows released. Like, <laughs> I, I I know he's been a problem before, but it's like in this list especially, and I guess again with like the oppressive stuff leaving, it just makes it all the more apparent that like if you can get a twelve twelve Van Cleef on turn two or three, uh, you might just win the game just because you had the right draw. Yeah, it's so hard to have an answer for him because like no one's running like Big Game Hunter and no one's. Few people are running silence, so mm-hmm. they slam that Van Cleef. It's like, well, ouch. <laughs> why? Like, why are we not running silence? Like we've already said it twice during this during this show, and I've been talking with friends about this l- lately. Like, man, just take advantage of the silenceless meta. It's like, why am I not playing silence? Yeah. I feel like this is probably the time to start doing that, so that you can you know go against what everyone just assumes is not going to be there yeah i wonder huh because so our our only two real options are owl and silence breaker at the spellbreaker at this point spellbreaker um, you got earth shock in um in shaman at least but yeah mm-hmm. i wonder uh, i guess my, you probably want to be running spell breaker over owl oh, yeah, right definitely definitely yeah unless you've got a reason with beasts or something like mm-hmm. that um yeah spellbreaker is just way way better at this point the the tough thing is like in a list like this you can't really because uh you want to be able to do so much stuff on one turn and you can't uh like all of your high cost stuff really combos with other stuff you know your si7 agent your dread corsair uh greenskin might be the only one that's okay to kind of play on its own but mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, but but in a lot of other lists, I've I've seen people teching them into their specialist uh, lineups and stuff. I think I actually played one that uh, I, I was playing a warrior lineup, and one of the lists had double spellbreaker in it. So, um, so yeah, I I think it's just something to remind yourself about, especially if you're if you're coming up against those twelve twelve Edwins and you're just so frustrated. Like they don't have anything to say against silence. This now it's back to a two, two. That feels great. By the way, they used all their resources to create that. So mm -hmm. they probably don't have something to follow it up with, uh, unless they draw a rating party off the top. <laughs> My next two cards prep rating party. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> it can happen. Uh, well, so we talked about some other, some tech in cards. I have to ask you about chef Nomi in this list because I've seen people on very, uh, very far extremes on what they think about if this card deserves a spot in this list or not. Where do you fall? Mm. Uh, I definitely think it has to be paired with Myra's. Um, although, oh yeah. No question. Yeah. So you're running the two in tandem. Um, I personally, uh, I've 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 got it off a few times that every time I lost. Uh interestingly really? enough. Okay. Yeah. So it hmm. was like, you know, I, I get my my Myra's down and then I play Chef Nomi and and then I die. So it hmm. it almost seemed like you if you if you had the time to play Myra's and then Chef Nomi, you were already winning, I felt like. So it sure, seems sure, like a win yeah. more combo to me. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my take on it. So I ended up cutting it a few games in. So mm -hmm. that makes sense. Cool. It, there are a lot of different lists. Uh, there, I feel like they're they're much smaller though. Like people are running like uh, I guess Deadly Poison is making some of these lists. Crystallizers or Argent Squires to kind of give you some early game. Mm -hmm. um, Fight but for the early most board. ever. Yeah, I, even Evil Cable Rat is kind of finding some play just to give you one more little token, and it's cheap enough it could be comboed with stuff. Um, I guess Zilliax can make the list? I don't know. I'm just sort of looking at a bunch of lists right now. But um, but yeah, I, I, I would say that for the most part, uh, like if you have Edwin Van Cleef, um, if you've got the double waggle pick that is absolutely necessary for those lists, mm -hmm. uh, Leroy Jenkins, gosh, I had I had a Temple Rogue today kill me from 18 health is what I had. Oof. And um, yeah, and I, I really thought, I was like, I know that they've got a lot of damage that they can push, but I'm probably okay this next turn and then I can stabilize. And uh, what do you know? Leroy Waggle Pick, uh, Shadow Step. I don't. I don't even remember. Probably got exactly double eviscerated in there. There, there was at least <laughs> one eviscerate. Yes, for sure. Uh, I, I, I think that that's especially just the power of Tempo Rogue right now is they can they can throw so much damage your way out of seemingly nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're looking to get better with this list, really think about how you're. Uh, how you're building up for one huge turn to just be able to take them by surprise because there's not a ton of healing either. So uh, as long as you're not coming up against a warrior opponent, you're probably pretty good. And I think I think Temple Rogue does pretty good against warrior even as is. Yeah, I think um, it's technically its worst matchup, but it's, it's still extremely extremely winnable. Anyway, yeah, really strong, really strong archetype if you uh, if you need uh, guidance on what to play. Yeah, and it's also. Uh, decently flexible, you know, like if you're running a lot of token druid, you can tech in phantom knives. Um, you can run the oozes for weapon destruction. Um, it, it's just a, a flexible list 
and it it it's on a mission and it's it's gonna get you. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. You know, like it is it is inevitable what they're getting to. So yeah, I totally agree. All right, so let's talk about the uh, game five Hearthstone Finals because that oh, game baby game is nutty. Okay, so let me set the stage for us, and then I'll let you kind of tell the story here. Okay. So, uh, you know, we mentioned Hunter Ace, uh, and he was in the finals with Viper, a German player. Both these guys have just done an insane job over the past year. Um, I I think Hunter Ace was really at the top of a lot of people's lists as somebody who should, uh, who really deserved to win this. So uh, they're they're playing, uh, I think they each banned each other's warriors, if I'm not mistaken. I know at least one of them. Uh, I believe Hunter Ace's warrior was banned for sure. I can't remember Vipers. Anyway. Uh, they they play it out. Uh, there was a mid range hunter that I I can't remember the exact lineup, um, but it all it all landed uh, with Hunter Ace's control shaman versus Viper Zoo Warlock. And you know control shaman, you hear me say that, and you're like Andrew, there's not really a control shaman in the meta. I know uh, these <laughs> these professionals had eight days from the moment Rise of Shadows was released to submit their deck list, which is insanity. It's insanity that I love and I think is the correct way to do a huge tournament like this because it really, I mean, it resets everything. Imagine if we had been doing this before. Technically, that would have fallen in line better with the year that they've been competing in and all of that. But when a meta is this volatile... It is so difficult to figure out, and I think that it really exposes the strengths in players all the more. So uh, so there were a lot of kind of wacky lists that were brought. Most everyone brought Rogue. I think Roger was the only person who didn't. Um, you know, there were tons of different Hunter variants, uh, lots of Cadgar Mage. In fact, I think that was the winningest archetype of the entire competition. Um, but Control Shaman is obviously not really in the meta, but Hunter Ace had done enough practicing with this to say, I think that this is going to be good. And I think he knew probably that his warrior list was going to get banned. And this Control Shaman was going to be unpredictable enough that he could pull off some shenanigans. And boy, did he. But he was he was actually not the shenaniganiest in this match. So, well, so go ahead and t- tell us the story from your vantage point, Randy. All right, so uh, I feel like the game really gets interesting. Turn 7, uh, when Viper slams down um, Archvillain Rafab. Um, Archville and Rafam. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Archville and Rafam. What's that doing in a Masters tournament? He, making this a clown fiesta. That's what, that's what this <laughs> exactly. card's doing. So uh, when Viper plays him, he has two cards in hand. Um, so he gets two legendaries, and the rest of his deck turns into legendaries. Um, he gets Net Pagle, um, not great. And he gets Subject 9, also not great. Because uh, he's not playing any secrets. So... Uh, game goes on, and he just gets like the nuttiest draws. So, uh, game's kind of a stalemate. He plays the the resurrecting priest card, um, Katrina Muerte. Yes, that, I think that was the first top deck he got, and the crowd went insane because even though she's only resing like little dinky zoo minions, 
she's she has to be dealt with or else she's just going to take you over know, create infinite value yeah so that that was a huge first one yeah so then right after that he draws um Azelina Soul Thief so it works out that he can play oh my Net Paggle <laughs> and Azelina in the same turn cuz he's on 9 mana so then he can just copy um Hunter Ace's hand and but Hunter Ace had played um Swamp Queen Hagatha so he also got the horror along with it um yeah crazy so uh match goes on uh the next kind of crazy thing was the uh what's griff grifta grifta Grifta. oh yeah man i was i was eyes glued to the screen as i'm watching this that grifta is seeing play in the the world championship final match it's it's so weird um and so Viper Viper plays Grifta and makes Wait, I I, I should I should probably say if you can't remember what Grifta does is you have uh, you have a discover mechanic for all random cards, right? And you pick you pick a, a card out of two sets and then the game decides to give you one of those cards and your opponent one of those cards. You don't know which is being distributed to which. So um, he chooses Gurubashi Berserker and Stranglethorn Tiger mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Correct. Um, so then Viper gets the Tiger, and then Hunter Ace gets the Berserker. Uh, and that it actually ends up being relevant, which is the the, the freakiest it's part. It's so insane. Uh, as, if it, as if this story can't get more crazy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think like two or three turns go by. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Archmage um, Vargoth. We have to talk about Vargoth, too. So, oh my gosh, that's right. So, I forgot about that one. Um, Viper had copied Hunter Ace's hand with Azalean um, Soul Thief, got a lightning storm off it. Meanwhile, Hunter Ace had filled his board um, from the horror with the frogs um, from Reign of Toads. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, he top decks Archmage Vargoth, and he has a lightning storm in hand from copying Hunter Ace's hand. So he's able just to clear his board, and he, then he has uh, the five five horror, um, the four five uh, grifta, and then the two four frog and archmage varga. So he has a huge swing at this point, right? Um, just crazy, crazy madness all around. Um, then hunter ace, uh, I forget, does he top deck the? Um, mind control tech. He does top deck the mind control tech. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and steals the horror because um, he had five things on board, um, which was a, you know, pretty impactful. He, I think, he either needed to get the horror or the Vargoth to really, um, turn things around, solidify yeah. a comeback. Um, so then on top of that, a uh, Viper. Um, then top decks Caligos and um, Ver- I can't say her name. Uh, Varissa, the Ver- Windrunner. Varissa Windrunner. Varissa. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But he's overloaded um, and capped at six mana, so he can't play either of them. Uh, but he a couple turns ago drew Hogger, so he plays that. Because of course Hogger's getting played in the Grand Championships <laughs> of Hearthstone. <laughs> Yay, random oh. legendaries. I love it. I love it. Um, so then, MVP of the match 
walking fountain. <laughs> oh my gosh, um, did he do some work? He drew so many cards off walking fountain. Um, also, a uh, card I thought that was absolutely bonkers for Hunter Ace to bring. Um, and ancestral healing. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is he doing with that? Like double ancestral yeah, healing, two, not just one copy, two two <laughs> copies. I'm like, it's insane. But it it ended up just working out so many times where like he'd run a walking fountain into something, yeah, and then heal yeah. it up and then run into something else. And you're like, oh, that's why I read it. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. So then, um, by Straight up miracles, Hunter Ace clears that board, uh, and then Viper top decks Undasta. Um, so nine mana, nine nine, uh, rush, overkill. Someone or sorry, it's not nine. It's a seven seven. Right. Um, overkill. Someone a beast from your hand. Uh, so from that he's able to summon Stranglethorn Tiger. The card he got off of Grifta. So crazy. It's like so crazy. What are the odds of that being relevant? It's like, and there's no way he foresaw getting Stranglethorn Tiger off of, off of Grifta, or getting, getting that off Grifta, or off or getting Dasta in his. Oh my gosh, yeah. just insanity. Is just absolute bonkers. Um, so then uh, the board kind of develops, and they play some cards. Uh, Giggling Inventor. Um, oh, and then Hunter Ace discovered a six-mana Shutterwalk off of uh, Farsight. That was a pretty mm-hmm. big uh, game-changing thing. Play stuff. <laughs> uh, so then another like match-deciding card. Um, he Viper drew Houndmaster Shaw which he was um, then able to um, uh, trade with uh, the Glass Knight to mm-hmm. just get some value trades and solidify his place back on the board. Uh, but then Hunter Ace drew another walking fountain. All the while, Hagatha... Uh, is it Hagatha the Witch? That's the hero card? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. in like the... I think it's like the bottom second card or something second like that. Second to last. Yeah, yeah. Second, second to last card in the deck. Which is... Which, if you're not familiar, you want Hagatha early so that you can just get infinite value off of it, essentially. Yeah, near... So for it to be one of the last two cards is a bummer. Yeah, so like, he's just holding on by the skin of his teeth. Um, So then he drops the crazy um, Shutter Walk, and he gets a bunch of Toads off it, and then gets a 16-10... Um, Shutterwalk. Um, so I was like, okay, he's probably done so here. But then, <laughs> then what's even crazier is he, he, he got Caligos. Um, so Caligos, 10 mana, 412. Uh, first spell each turn, cost zero, discover a spell. And I was like, okay, he's dead in the water, whatever. Right. He discovers a demon bolt. So, Demon Bolt. What in the world does that card do? Uh, eight mana. Um, destroy a minion. Costs one less for each minion you control. However, and he had a few minions on board, but Caligos doesn't even care about that. Yeah, Caligos is like, eh, it's free. 
<laughs> so I I got this one, bro. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's like, you can catch me next time. Um, so then it's like, yeah, I had a game ending shutter walk. Nope. So so oh then gosh. he can't get rid of. Well, I guess he he could have gotten rid of um, the Caligos when he he Hunter Ace could have gotten rid of it. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure why he didn't. Um, I guess he thought the giggling adventure was more important to play than the hex um because he had a hex in hand so he could have gotten rid of the calicos i think he should have i think the tough thing is that with a deck full of legendaries he was and and this is a very good question to ask when you're playing it's a difficult question to answer most of the time but you're always looking at your removal spells especially as do i have to use this right now because if I don't have to use it, there's a chance it could be more valuable later. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably what he was... Especially when he has no clue what's in Viper's deck at this point. Like, yeah, well, if he plays something like, oh, I don't know, a Gruel, then like a Hex might be the only way he can really stop that. Mm-hmm. And Giggling Inventor could at least buy him some time to figure out, okay, is this going to go my way or not? Mm-hmm. But So the one thing he does know, though, is that he played Archville and Rafam so that he doesn't have any spells. He true, just true. has minions. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's kind of where the trade-off of, like, don't hex Caligos because, like, he doesn't have any spells. Right. It is a 412 minion, which can be dangerous over a long period of time, but it's not going to uh, just straight up win the game in two turns or anything like that. Right. Um, so that's also where it, it gets a little crazy again because he drew another Asleen Assault Thief. So... He, As if one weren't enough for you. <laughs> right? <laughs> so he he gets uh, the Witch's Brew off, uh, plays uh, that, uh, what's that card called? It's like the little vampire looking uh, High Priestess Jekyll. Jekyllick, yeah. Jekyllickalickal. <laughs> I like that better. Yeah, yeah. I, I should name Hearthstone cards. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, so. Top text that um, Hunter Ace gets a almost full board clear. Uh, then his his board's just ready to go, but then Caligos comes in clutch off Azelino with a free hex. So off of that, he also got Wild Pyromancer, which was able to clear a four one Twilight Drake, a uh, and a two one Giggling Inventor, and the frog made off of hex and then he was able to trade in the rest of the board so all he, that hunter ace has left is a 3-1 swampoos and a 4-1 uh arisa the the new paladin legendary that doubles your secrets oh commander arisa yeah. commander arisa um and this game just goes even more crazy with the um <laughs> Another round of horrors because Shutterwalk made a new random horror off of mm-hmm. the battle cry. Um, and then Gruel gets top decked. Um, oh, I wasn't kidding, I guess, about Gruel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was actually in there. Um, no, I did remember. So he top decks Gruel but plays the devs, uh, the, the horror first um, that is casting Feral Spirit and Totemic Smash. Um, so plays that, gets the five, five and two, two threes. Uh, then somehow 
uh, Hunter Ace is able to bring it back, but this is also the point where um, Viper ran out of cards. He's completely mm-hmm. out of cards. He drew one more um, Blood Mage Thalnos, but on an empty board. You're not playing Blood Mage Thalnos. Like, well, with an empty deck, especially. Oh, like, yeah, sorry, that's going, what I meant. Yeah, empty You're yeah. going to hurry into fatigue further, so you just straight up can't play it. <laughs> yeah, so all he has left is a 5-5, five, five, a 3-2, a 2-3, a 7-7 seven, seven Gruul that's going to uh, get bigger every turn, but Hunter Ace has a Hex in hand, and he knows that he has Hex. Um, mm-hmm. But he also has a dream. Unfortunately, that dream is quickly dwindled away off the the second to last card of Swamp Queen Hagatha. He clears the 5-3 and the 2-2 two, two, uh, and makes quick work of the rest of Gruul and kills it with, off of Power Mancer Totemic Might. Um, and then that's just game because he has no more minions left. Yeah, it's a crazy game. I rec- I'd say go to YouTube and just watch the game. It's it's nutty. If you cannot tell from story time here, <laughs> it's worth seeing every single play, the reactions, the commentary. I mean, every part of it. And I tweeted this after it was it was done, but I truly believe like if there was any game that showed off the um, the insanity the RNG potential, but also how this game takes skill regardless of how much uh, RNG there is in it. Um, I mean, all of that was just on display to the billionth degree. Mm -hmm. And this game legitimately could have gone either way, Um, but Hunter Ace kept his head on straight. And honestly, I think all of the odds were against him in that game, but he managed to pull it off. Uh, so yeah, huge congrats to him, and certainly please, please do yourself a favor and go watch it. It is, it was just fun to watch, even if you know nothing about the Hearthstone esports world. It was, I mean, you you play a card. I was explaining it to my wife, who doesn't know a ton about Hearthstone, and I said, you know, he plays this card that basically just replaces his entire deck with random cards, and she was like, why in the world would you do that? I was like, exactly. But, <laughs> uh, but there are actually strategies to that and stuff. So do yourself a favor and go watch it. It was, um, man, were, were you able to enjoy it to its fullest, or were you kind of watching it on the side too, Randy? Uh, I actually didn't get to see it until uh, probably about like uh, five today or so. Okay, well, there you go. So, yeah, yeah it's worth watching afterwards yeah. too, right? Yeah, I heard it was crazy. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll watch the full match. So I watched it from the beginning. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty even. And uh, even there was a, like, game three or so. That was crazy, too. There was a Mage Mirror. Um, mm-hmm. And it was it was a little slow because no one got their, like, good stuff. But, like, once it got there, it was like, ooh, decisions. <laughs> and um, <laughs> there was a point where uh, there's just some crazy lines of play where you're like, all right, well, he doesn't have anything to do, but... He could. Yeah. Um, he could. <laughs> uh, what was that? Uh, uh, twin spell mage card. Um, conjurer's calling. Conjurer's calling. He could conjurer's mm-hmm. calling the other person's um, Cadgar. Cadgar to make a doomsayer. So it's like just thinking of all those small lines of plays of like totally, playing totally. to all your outs to mm-hmm. that. That's just the. It shows the extent of how well they know the game. It's like, oh, well, yeah. what are my outs here? Like, oh, I could have that mm-hmm. 2% chance of making a Doomsayer here and throwing this game in my favor, you know? 
Exactly. And and because I have no other answer, that's actually the best answer that I have, unfortunately. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely go check it out. I mean, it's probably on YouTube. It's definitely on Twitch and, and all that. It shouldn't, shouldn't take you too long to find. But, um, man, well, that, that was a lot of fun talking about uh, the insanity of the game and some different archetypes. Anything else you want to mention as we kind of uh, wrap up the show here? Uh, no, I think that's really all I have... Uh... And craziness this week. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all you got, man? Come on. Oh, my gosh. That was more Hearthstone than anyone knows what to do with. But, uh, but it was worth every minute. So, uh, hey, as we jump into our community section, um, no iTunes reviews this week. And I just I, I need to remind you, because it's been a little bit since we've had one of these, especially in the America region. If you're a newer listener to the, sh- listener to the show, you may not know. So I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, that iTunes reviews can really make a big deal for people, especially as they're trying to find new shows. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts right now, it's as simple as actually pausing this, or you could keep listening as long as you go and do it. And just, uh, I believe it's just a submit a review button that's right there on the podcast. And just tell other people what you like about the show, and it'll help as they're uh, seeking it out to try and find it. If you're listening on something other than Apple Podcasts, that is the best platform uh, to uh, to be able to review and to help with uh, SEO, crazy back-end internet stuff. So if you're a newer listener, I would love it if you'd consider doing that. And if you've been listening for a long time and you haven't doing it, haven't done it yet, come on. <laughs> come on. You should, you should go do it, okay? So it takes a few minutes. It's free to do, and it's absolutely a fantastic way to support the show. And uh, every couple months, I'm going to be doing a drawing to raffle off an hour of coaching. Because I'm uh, I'm recording this right at the end of the month, I'll actually do it on the next episode. So if you go and leave that review, just shoot me an email at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com and let me know that you did so with your username. And if you have left a review in the past, I actually had this happen this past week. Um, you don't have to have left it uh, just recently. It could be far in the past. I still want to thank you for doing that. So I'll enter your name into that drawing as well for an hour of coaching. And I love getting to do that. So, um, But there's something else I love far more, Randy. And I think you know what that is. It's the time in the show when we get to not only talk about a card, but really... Uh, just give it due, uh, due honor and respect in a way that I don't think anyone else does. I mean, they weren't doing it on the commentary for the uh, for the world championship. I haven't heard it on another podcast, so uh, they should have been doing you, this. I, I mean, I'm just saying, man. I, I and I bet Frodo and Kibler could come up with a killer duo too, and I bet they would. <laughs> um, but are you are you ready in the meantime to bring us into the card of the week? Uh, I think I believe I am. Oh, and you've you've got accompaniment, so I'll I'll step out of the way, man. I'm ready for what you got. (laughs) All right, here we go, here we go. Do you ever feel you need some goblin bombs? Flood the board with them, can't wait to win again. Zero to his name, what do you do with that? Whirly gliders just... A two on a head. What we really. What we really need are some fuses bright. Goblin bombs are fun, but it's time to ignite your face. You're a total disgrace. And what you've got, this goblin to 
think his name is Blue Master Flock. He'll <coughs> he'll light up the dark. And how is he still alive when he's bringing bombs in in fives? Yeah, <laughs> that was great, man. Well, tell us about Boom Master Flark, our favorite explosive uh, hunter cousin here. All right, so I've been having a lot of fun with Boom Master Flark in um, at Hunter. Uh, he's just a lot of. Uh, it's weird to say because I I thought when he first came out that he's just gonna flop. Like I'm never gonna see this card. If I get him, I'm just gonna dust totally. him. Um, mm-hmm. But he's. He's been surprisingly strong lately. Um, he's a hundred legendary minion, seven mana, five five, um, which in and of itself isn't terribly um, impressive. Um, right, right. But he makes um, five zero two goblin bombs uh, that are uh, well goblin bombs. They do two damage to your face when they explode. Um, mm-hmm. But like the you you throw magnetic minions on them and they have charge and then they have to get rid of them <laughs> and they deal two damage to your face regardless. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like getting a, a leopard gnome on a stick. Cause you can put a bigger body on it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's true. And, and I, I think what you alluded to earlier is that a lot of times we don't, um, we don't like to clear off those goblin bombs, mm-hmm. um, but we kind of know that we need to, or or else that magnetization that can happen the next turn just gets out of hand. But when you put five of them on the, or I guess it's four of them, isn't it? Uh, is it? Oh yeah, it is four. Wait, let's. In my head, well, that messed up our song, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> it is four. That, that was actually my idea, so I have to I have to own that. But <laughs> that'll show me for not looking up the card exactly <laughs> word for word before we hit record. It's kind of funny because I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's five bobs. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. But wait a minute. It's symmetrical, isn't it? No. Yeah. But but like when you're putting all of those minions on the board, uh, it's really tough to clear them all off unless you have some kind of uh, some kind of board clear or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't. I mean, do, obviously we got Twisting Nether that just kills everything, but uh, I can't think of anything that deals five damage to everything on the board. Um, um, you can't, you have Blizzard, which could buy you a turn. Yeah, Flame Strike and a Ping would do it to to clear off Flark. But I think most of the time, honestly, your game plan with Bomb Hunter is dealing enough damage that, like, by turn five or six, they're they're around ten or twelve health. Uh, the the list that I've been running actually has a copy of Mossy Horror in it, which I've loved. And it was better when there was a lot of token druid that I was facing. I have not seen any lately uh, in the in the ranks uh, two and one game, but uh, but Masi Horror was great as an activator for all the bombs after playing uh, Flark on turn seven, and you just deal eight damage. And I, I had plenty of games where that was just enough to win the game. So so there are some interesting proactive things that you can actually do with these goblin bombs, even without magnetization, mm-hmm. to take care of stuff. Yeah. It's really showing its um, versatility post-rotation, which is super interesting yeah. to me. Oh, yeah. And I love that these minions that we kind of threw away, I'm, I, I dismissed it right off the bat, is actually uh, 
Uh, maybe not core. I don't think it's irreplaceable. Like you could play Bomb Hunter and play Leroy Jenkins instead of this or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, but boy, he can he can really help you, especially when you're just looking for that little bit of damage to close it out. So yeah, great choice, man. I love it. Well, hey, as we close out the the show today, I want to remind you as always that you are the happy Hearthstone. Uh, this, this whole thing's all about us having a great time. And the truth is we can't have a great time unless you're here. So if you just started listening recently, thank you so much for picking up the show. If you've been listening for a long time, I'm so thankful that you continue coming back and being a part of this great community. There's a lot of free ways that you can contribute and be a part of things. Uh, One is just by showing up and listening. I hope you come back next week as we dive back into the meta and see what's up there. Um, But there are also other things like joining our Discord community at thehappyhearthstone.com slash Discord. If you're not familiar with Discord, it's kind of chat rooms for gamers, essentially. Uh, But it's way better. It's like you're hanging out with new friends, essentially. So if you haven't done that before, really encourage you. All you need to do is in your browser, type in thehappyhearthstone.com slash Discord, and that'll redirect you so you can download the free app and join our community on there. It's a great place to connect, meet other like-minded friends and all that kind of stuff. And if you want to support the show and check out the cool perks that you can get, like joining our Inner Fire channel or also getting exclusive content I'm creating every week at the $5 level, you can check all that out for yourself at patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. It's a, uh, it's a small way to kick back, be a part of the community. And, and like I said before, honestly, I, I've reinvented it to really be an investment in yourself. Also, if you're wanting to grow as a player, this is a great place to start uh, as far as connection with other people. People, but also tools and resources that are going to help you do that. And as always, I have to send out a huge thank you to Risen and Menok for being producers of the Happy Hearthstone. And I'm so excited that in this month of May, we are actually adding a new producer to the ranks. So KJ Miller, thank you so much for joining the show, man. It's been great getting to know you over the past couple months. Uh, KJ's a great dude. He's been starting to stream. He actually did a stream with his daughter the other day, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, seeing Hearthstone through the eyes of of a younger one is... Uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> if you've lost the sparkle with Hearthstone, you just need to get a kid playing, <laughs> honestly. Um, but KJ, you've been a great part of this community, man. I'm so thankful you're joining us as a producer of the show. So thanks for doing that. And if you want to stay in touch with me, Twitter is a great place to do that. I'm Andrew is living on there. Or you can just go to twitter.com slash andrewisliving to find that. I'm also on Twitch under the same name. I don't have any streams planned now. But if you follow me at twitch.tv slash andrewisliving and turn on notifications, you'll be notified when that uh, when that happens. And you can, of course, always send me an email at thehappyhearthstone at gmail.com to let me know if you have any feedback about this show or have thoughts about what you'd like to see added for future shows. Or if you're like Randy and want to come join me, I would absolutely love that because I absolutely love hanging out with Randy. So please shoot me an email, let me know, and uh, we can talk details from there. Um, but hey, Randy, as much as fun as it's been hanging out with you for this short time right now, for people who want to hang out with you beyond now, and uh, it sounds like you're on Twitch and some other places, so tell us how we can connect with you, man. Yeah, so I stream over at uh, twitch.tv um, slash bunnyman1400, uh, stream over there pretty frequently. I got a schedule on there, I want to check that out. I just started on YouTube as well, uh, I did a card review and then my pack opening, um, and I am working on putting together uh, deck guides. Um, I think that's what really what I want to cater my YouTube channel for is like getting, <laughs> just learning to play specific decks. 
Um, and then yeah. also like yeah. basics of Hearthstone. Um, so I, I feel like there's not a lot of content out there for that. And then I kind of want to try and fill that hole of uh, um, like the specifics of the basics uh, of Hearthstone. Yeah. That kind of get overlooked yeah, a lot. That's great. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at uh, Battle Bunny Randy uh, without the A. Without the wait, but so R N D Y yeah. is Randy. R, gotcha. Yeah, because it it's just one character too long, so I had to cut the game. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's kind of unfortunate, isn't it? But yep. <laughs> we know how to pronounce that anyway. Yeah. Well, dude. I, hey, man. Thank you so much for reaching out. I'm I'm glad we finally got to do this. And uh, like I said at the top, it's been a long time coming. We've been friends in the, in this space for a while, but it's uh, it's just great to get you on and and just hear the passion and I'm, I'm really excited to check out the channel too man it sounds like you're doing some great stuff to equip the community with the tools and resources to to become better learners that's really i that's the best pursuit you can be in to to be better at the game so thanks so mm-hmm. much for being here man yeah it's been great and hey thank you so much for visiting the happy hearthstone and having a little fun with us we'll see you next time <laughs>